Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beauty and the Geest, the podcast where we watch bad movies so that you don't have to. Uh, I'm uh, one of your two illustrious co-hosts, Pat the Geest, along with the beauty. That would be me. I guess I'm the illustrious beauty, so I'll, I'll get two, um, I guess, two adjective compliments there. So I'm the <laughs> illustrious beautificus co-host uh scott uh also known as the beauty yeah you uh almost denied me <laughs> viewing pleasure of the beauty when you uh <laughs> jumped on here and forgot to turn video on so i'm glad we got that sorted out well i mean i just hit the wrong button <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you'd, no you'd, uh, no intentions behind you'd, it. You'd, you'd think after almost six months of doing this that I would know to hit the little camera icon on there instead of just the uh, just a little phone icon on on Skype, um, which we use to record everything. So if you want to send us some cash, send some cash this way, Skype. We are uh, promoting your service as well. A <laughs> uh, little less of Tubi now. Because we've been watching uh, Pluto TV, which is another fantastic service. Uh, they have great channels such as uh, the Tosh.0 channel, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 channel, yeah. Rift Tracks channel, tons of movie channels, uh, tons of news and opinion channels, lots of stuff on demand. Uh, hint, hint, you can send us some money too, Pluto. <laughs> maybe by the end of this uh friday the 13th marathon that is true we did we did go through we started uh out of order a little bit at a viewer at a viewer slash listener request we um did part five last week so for this week we actually went back to the beginning to watch friday the 13th part one which was released in 1980 Nobody really famous in this except for Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I forgot completely that Kevin Bacon was then this. I remember he was in it, but uh, it, I, I I thought it would be more along the uh, I guess the the Tremors line of it. Which spoiler alert: if you didn't know that Kevin Bacon was in Tremors, <laughs> uh, he he was, but he was not uh any sort of main character in this movie <laughs> no no he is like looking at his uh imdb history this is like his sixth movie ever so he was brand new uh, or qu almost brand new when the, when the he was in the original friday the 13th so uh and you could tell he he looked young i didn't even recognize him in the first scene it took like a couple minutes. <laughs> he 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 would have been uh, twenty two years old when this movie was released, so you're probably talking, you know, probably talking twenty one ish, uh, depending on how long it took them to film it. But yeah, I mean, he would have been very very young at the time that this was filmed. Well, let's uh, let's start breaking it down, eh? We will break it down for you. There will be spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> if any of you have not seen Friday the 13th from 1980, 
there will be plenty of spoilers. It 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 is. Uh, yeah, we do have to throw the spoiler alert on there, but the movie also is the same age that we are. So if you haven't seen it by now, uh, well, I I guess you're just gonna have to deal with the spoilers. And the uh, so the opening scene starts off right text on the screen Camp Crystal Lake 1958. They get some camp counselors inside singing. Uh, I think they were singing religious hymns or something, <laughs> Hallelujah <laughs> or something like that. Before two of them sneak off to fuck. <laughs> so. To 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 put it yeah that that's that, that, that yeah that that's a little blunt uh, recap of, of what was going on but that is exactly what was <laughs> going on right so their uh, their morals I guess are all over the place like Christian hymns and uh, teenage hormones both in high demand <laughs> in the first <laughs> few minutes of this show <laughs> and they sneak off into like a. I'm sure it's a cabin or a barn. I didn't even watch to. Uh... Yeah, it's yeah, it's an attic of some sort of. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would I would assume uh, one of the cabins that will be featured prominently throughout within Camp Crystal Lake here. Yeah, and someone's watching them. They go to uh, like first person killer camera shots. Someone's watching them as they go uh, prepare to get it on. And uh, I also noticed the the lack of the uh the classic friday the 13th sound effect from part five because i recognize it right away where they have the old like uh, they i i don't yeah I, I didn't notice that they had it uh immediately in in this first scene of 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 the deaths that that are about to occur but I did notice it later on in in the in the movie. You're right, and I'm not remembering wrong. I think they did not have it at all in part five. Because it, no, it, it really caught my attention when I heard it. Because I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Well, because it wasn't. I, again, spoiler alert for part five. <laughs> uh, it the killer was not Jason Voorhees, so sure. there was no there was no supernatural. Uh, I thought they might sneak it in element to friday the 13th part five um they tried to go a different direction and have an actual human be the killer but by the time i think the box office numbers came out they realized that they fucked up by not having jason Voorhees <laughs> in that in, in, sure. in the movie i guess back to this one <laughs> <laughs> I got to sidetrack a little bit, but yeah, yeah, they're get, they're getting it on in the attic. This uh, these two camp counselors, uh, it's first person view again, right? From the killer's eyes, kind of sneaks up on them. Uh, the two counselors kind of get are like, oh, you know, they're they're disturbed, realize they just got caught. Then all of a sudden, the guy is uh, very fearful, and he just shows his uh, his stomach all bloody, like his gut just got stabbed. But there's not even a weapon on the screen, and that'll that'll become kind of a theme in this <laughs> this movie. There's not a lot of killing that happens on screen, or even weapons. There there was there was not a lot of killing in in this movie, but also, um, I, I again, this was you know 1980 that this came out, so this is 
coming out like right on the heels of The Shining and you know in all of these movies. So there wasn't this was probably this is got to be like the second really like what turns out to be slasher series because I believe right. Halloween was the first one. Yeah, and it's and, and again too, I'm sure you know they they didn't realize it's the uh, first of a kind of pretty famous franchise or would become a famous franchise. So uh, you you could tell they were they had kind of a low budget with some of these uh, stabbings and deaths and <laughs> practical effects. <laughs> yeah, very very low budget, but again, it was also 1980, so there wasn't a ton of in, advancement in that if you don't consider how much money that George Lucas put into Star Wars for the right. practical effects. Right. Yeah, because they don't they don't show a lot of the gore on screen at all. Even this first guy who gets stabbed, like they don't show him get stabbed. He just makes like a scared face and then he kind of like the camera pans out and he's got like bloody stomach and he's just dead. He's, and then yeah, he's clutching his stomach and yeah, falls over again, not making a sound that even the people that were singing terribly downstairs could hear not, <laughs> not him hitting the floor, no screams, nothing. And yeah. And then his girlfriend basically, uh, puts up about as much fight as you would expect from a teenage girl in that situation. She threw some random stuff at whoever was coming after her and tried to hide in the corner. And then she gets, stabbed as well and she's dead roll credits opening roll credits opening credits <laughs> again uh 1980 credits they are not well done compared to what you have what some movies have seen uh since then uh, there aren't really any stars in this movie either, so they kind of go through everything pretty quickly, and uh, you kind of eventually get to the opening scene of somebody at a looks like a rest stop uh, in Annie. They, Annie, I believe, is the uh, the opening character's name. Yeah, and they don't they don't even really give you a location as far as where Camp Crystal Lake is even located. <laughs> I did some digging. There are many Camp Crystal Lakes across the US, which you think they would have changed their name and maybe some of them did cuz <laughs> it's got to be bad for uh, enrollment at camp. <laughs> no, I mean I I can I I can imagine in like 1981 it was bad. Oh yeah. But after your supposed camp has spawned you know 10 movies of a slasher film it's probably more of uh there there was probably more more popular now than it would have been back then yeah almost as a uh like yeah like tourist thing for people who are into that sort of stuff but i wonder if there's kind of like a a jaws effect where they say the movie jaws like reduced beach attendance by like 40% the following year in the oceans. I wonder if they, there was a uh, Friday the 13th effect the following year this came out. Oh, I'm, I, I can, I can almost guarantee it. 
Hang on, let's guarantee there was. So anyway, yes, you see Annie at this, uh, I guess she's at a kind of a gas station, uh, small town convenience store, corner store, as they would call them in some places. And she's talking about how she's got a job at Camp Crystal Lake. And uh, I believe this is where you get your first appearance uh, of, what's his name, Bill the Crazy Guy? (laughs) I forgot Uh, his name, too. Ralph. Crazy Ralph. Crazy Ralph. Yes, Crazy Ralph. Bill is one of the one of the teens who who is running around the camp as well. But yes, uh, Crazy Ralph starts spouting off about how the camp is cursed and nobody knows anything about that. And uh, the truck driver who ends up giving Annie a ride. Uh, Basically tells Ralph to to go shut up and takes off on his bike and he says you know pretty much says you know hey ignore what Ralph is saying he's a little little bit loony uh, make sure you're you know make sure you don't pay any attention and kind of starts making small talk about it about the camp and what Steve who apparently is the owner of the camp, has told Annie about what, what happened and what's going on with that, and she doesn't know anything. And he pretty much says, well, hey, you know, the one thing you can do is quit. <laughs> That's the one thing you should do right now. Quit before you even start. Yeah, he says it a few times. Like, quit, you dumb kid. <laughs> and she just laughs it off. And I, I guess I guess at this point, I did see when they first got into the truck... Um, it was a little weird because it almost seemed like he just gave her a good old good game to help her get up into the truck. And <laughs> on the side of the truck, it said it was in Stanhope, New Jersey. So okay. I'm thinking that, that this Camp Crystal Lake, there's no definite answer as far as where it goes. But on the side of the truck, it said Stanhope, New Jersey. That sounds so. right, because... Uh... Uh, shortly after that scene, when he he drops her off at like a just a crossroads, there's a little cemetery in the background, and it uh, it was called Moravian Cemetery, and I just googled it out of boredom, but it also said that was in New New Jersey. So, all right, well, they at least shot it all in New Jersey. Whether yeah. or not they officially say where the camp is, it uh, it appears to be shot in New Jersey. We're we're leaning we're leaning towards New Jersey, which will actually make sense a little bit more um, as as we go farther along the chain here of the movies. Um, because if you don't know, spoiler alert: Part Eight is called Jason Tanks Manhattan. So at least he's somewhat close. Yeah. Because I know there also is a Crystal Lake in Illinois. And I'm assuming they would have a Camp Crystal Lake there. So it was always kind of a never really specified where the movie was shot. But that's another story. Right. And yeah, so Annie's just dropped off along this road. And she's going to walk the part the rest of the way to Camp Crystal Lake. When suddenly a Jeep rolls by and is going to looks like they're going to give her a ride. 
So she throws her bag in the back of the Jeep, hops in. You don't ever see the driver of the Jeep. And it's just, they're just driving along. She's kind of talking about where she's going. And then she said, hey, you just drove by the road to Crystal, you know, Camp Crystal Lake. That's my stop. And the driver speeds up. And Annie starts to freak out and decides she's going to jump out of a moving car into the ditch. And uh, I don't know if she was the stunt person that actually did that, but it looked like they took a pretty, pretty heavy fall jumping out of there, like landed on her head and uh, is kind of disoriented and starts running through the woods and... um, The jeep stops, and Annie runs into the woods and stared, kind of stops up against a tree to kind of catch her breath, and her throat gets cut. You just see a hand reach under the screen and cut her throat, and that is the end of Annie. Which, uh, like the last movie, we're on a good pace already. <laughs> Three deaths in, uh, I'm sure, less than ten minutes. Yeah, it's probably about 10, 10 to 12 minutes worth of film time. And yeah, and there's been three deaths already. Yeah. Got one of the bees. One of the <laughs> bees already in full force. Yeah. After that, they uh, they cut to the camp, right? And apparently all the new camp counselors are showing up at Camp Crystal Lake. Um, there's a lot of names to remember. <laughs> you know, there's uh, Steve we've mentioned. He's like the owner. Uh, Kevin Bacon is there. <laughs> I'll just call him yeah. Kevin Bacon from now on. His name in the movie is Jack. Yeah, he's Jack. There's like a Marcy, a Bill, Ned, Brenda. They don't they don't take a lot of time because uh, uh, you know young attractive camp counselors end up dead pretty quick in these movies. <laughs> and there's a lot there's of work to be yet. done. <laughs> Not a lot of character development, but there's plenty of uh, yeah. Murder. And there's uh, plenty of work for them to do. Like Steve's already on their ass. Like, hey, you gotta go, you gotta go paint stuff, you gotta go clean. Where the hell is the cook? Annie. They're waiting for the cook Annie to show up. They heard she's got a good reputation and they want some food, but uh, they don't know yet. She was just murdered in Chop. the forest. Chop stumps. They had to <laughs> soon as soon as Kevin Bacon and his buddy and uh the other lady pull up. They have to help Steve rip a stump out of the ground. And Steve's in like these creepy cutoff denim shorts. And he's got a, a early 80s porn mustache. Oh, yeah. Steve's creepy. And and, and it comes to, comes to bear when he's talking with one of the other counselors. <laughs> I think it's Alice. <laughs> and... She's like, oh, well, I'm thinking about going back to California. And he's like, oh, well, give me a week to get this camp up and running. And just, like, is super creepy. And then, like, puts his hand on her face and is, like, rubbing her face. would so say, just yeah. give me a week, baby. Just give me a week. Yeah, he says, like, caressing her head. <laughs> As he's shirtless in cut-off denim shorts. Yes. Yep. All sweaty. That are, the, uh, one. The, the the denim shorts are uh they're not quite basketball uh like they're not quite 80s basketball short but they aren't much longer <laughs> <laughs> right 
Right. He's got like poofy, like Kurt Rambis hair and yeah, the porn mustache. He's a. Oh, there's some creeping going on by that dude. Yes, very much so. Yeah, and they uh, they force all the camp counselors to get to work. They're painting stuff. They're uh, they're putting docks in, putting archery range out. Uh, they they do take a break pretty quick though. They decide to go swimming. They've got uh, Kevin Bacon in a speedo, if that's anybody's thing, if they want to see that. And then uh, one of them starts drowning almost immediately. I think his name. I think it was Ned. Yeah, it was Ned. <laughs> he starts drowning, and the which is a bad sign, right? When your new camp counselor can't swim <laughs> or can't swim well. Ned, you're the lifeguard. Why can't right. You? Luckily, the rest of them pick up the slack. Uh, a couple of a couple of them dive in. They go uh, they go rescue Ned. A couple more grab a canoe. They uh, start to give him CPR, but it turns out it's fake. Ned did the old uh, fake drowning thing to get some tongue action from. I don't even remember who was giving him CPR, but uh, one of the ladies. I I don't remember either. That's his best move because uh, Ned is like kind of single and mopey the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they do they they do go back to Killer Vision too. Like somebody was watching this whole time, which you don't find out till later. But uh, faking your own drowning to uh, get some action won't please who is watching you. <laughs> <laughs> After that, they cut to the, uh, I think it's the snake in the cabin. Snake freakout scene. Again, yeah, they, yeah. The, the, the characters are so indistinct, I don't even remember the lady's name. It's Alice or Brenda or Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> but she goes into her cabin. There's a snake in the corner. Like, the whole crew just shows up. Like, six camp counselors show up to deal with, like, what looks like a black gardener snake. They've got machetes. They've got shovels. Uh, they're swinging at it with pillows. They trash the entire cabin, basically. Yeah, and eventually the guy does cut it in half with the machete. And they're like, oh, is it dead? And she's just like, yeah, it's dead. Or it's got a very short clone. And that Which, that was that was Ned's best line of the movie. Yeah. And they thought that was hilarious. And it looked like a real snake. Your thoughts? Was, do you think that was a real snake? They just chopped with a machete? It it was definitely a real snake until they chopped it with a machete. Yeah. I don't I don't believe that they would uh, chop a real snake like that with a machete. 80s, I think that may have still been cool, but I can't say for sure. It looked real to me, but it could have just been good effects. Either way, I don't want to don't want to get a PETA lawsuit on Friday the 13th, uh, 40 years after it came out. They'll complain. They'll get it removed. They'll get that scene edited out. Right. I have a warning at the beginning of uh, streaming it on Pluto. Trigger warning. Right. <laughs> Let's see where uh, where do we go from there? This is yeah. This is kind of a uh, non-distinct slasher movie. There's a bit of a lull. There was a point where the like a cop shows up looking for Ralph the drunk. Ralph At, shows up. Yeah, they, they the cop looks for Ralph the drunk. At that point, they have not seen him, and the cop just leaves. That's that's when Ned was wearing that the headdress and was acting like an idiot, and then 
kept acting oh, yeah. like an idiot in front of the cops. And and again, it just shows that Ned um, Ned gets what he deserved. That's why he's not getting any ladies. He's uh, kind of an idiot. Although, I was surprised too. Kevin Bacon just walked up and started like effing with the cops' squad bike. Well, he was just looking at it. He was admiring it. It wasn't like he was trying to steal it or anything. He was caressing it, and he grabbed like the the radio handset, which nowadays I think would get you shot. <laughs> that was, that's an aggressive move, Kevin Bacon. But yeah, at, at, at that point, they have not seen Ralph, so the cop takes off. Uh, shortly after that, they do find Ralph. He's just hanging out in like the pantry closet. And of course, as soon as someone walks in there, he goes nuts, starts spouting off with his uh, his uh, Camp Crystal Lake, like, you're all doomed. You're There's a curse here. Doomed. And then he just gets on his old school one-speed bike and pedals away. Yeah, he yeah his old beach cruiser bike, but yes, he definitely uh, was over dramatically telling them they're all going to die. Yeah, which I mean, maybe he really wasn't all that crazy. Yeah, they should have listened to him because uh, <laughs> it's about to get ramped up. Like after after that. Ned Ned's doesn't have his uh, head Indian headdress on now. He's got, I think, like a Miami Dolphins jersey, and he's a little bummed. He's bummed that he's not getting any puss like Kevin Bacon. So he sort of just goes off by himself to mope. Like he's walking up the beach shore. Uh, does notice someone in one of the cabins. So he, he goes to investigate, like, hey, who's in there? Just walks into one of the cabins. Uh, meanwhile, they cut away to Kevin Bacon, a.k.a. Jack and his girlfriend, who I believe is Marsha. Marcy. Marcy. Sorry. Yeah, because they do they do go looking for Jack and Marcy later on, uh, which Jack and Marcy decide that they're going to go to uh, their own cabin. They're, they're out. Actually, they're they're hanging out outside. They're sitting on the beach talking and they hear of a storm come rolling in and they're like, Oh, we got to get out of here. We got to get inside. Cause otherwise we're going to get drenched and surprise, surprise. The rest of the movie takes place in a thunderstorm. Cause you know, thunderstorms and horror movies don't go together at all. That's the but, best time for stabbing. Yeah, exactly. Nobody can hear you scream over the claps of thunder, but Jack and Marcy go into the cabin. They start uh, doing their thing. They're getting it on on the bottom bunk. Unbeknownst to them, Ned has been killed. They never show Ned get killed, but he's been killed, and he is dead on the top bunk. Off-screen death. He looked like he had his throat slashed as well. And... They decide, you know, it's probably a good five minutes or so that they're doing their thing. And we got one of the other boobs there. Or yep. other bees. We had one boob in this show. Yep, there was a little bit little bit going on there. There's a little bit of nudity going on there. And uh yeah, they're done. Kevin Bacon is just laying there and Marcy decides that she has to go to the bathroom, so she puts on a raincoat because they conveniently all have raincoats in their cabin already. And uh, 
takes off to the community restroom while Kevin Bacon is just kind of laying there in his post-coital glow. And all of a sudden, he feels something splatter on his face. And this was the only time that I actually had any sort of jump scare in this movie, which was a little bit. But Han reaches over, grabs him by the forehead, and a knife comes up through his throat. (laughs) And the, the quickness of which the hand came out from under the bed and grabbed his forehead is kind of what made, you know, was kind of what gave me the little bit of a jump scare because that was very fast it must have been because i didn't even notice it it just i blinked and then there was a hand grabbing kevin bacon's <laughs> head yeah and a uh it, it, well, it looked like an arrow shaft to me but something yeah, got oh, yeah, shoved yeah, it through was, his neck it was it was an arrow shaft that's right it was it was an arrow that was shoved from underneath so underneath uh, the bed whatever it was under their bunk Grabbed him in the head, shoved it through his neck. So Bacon, dead, immediately after uh, ejaculating. Bacon has been cooked. Bummer. <laughs> then they uh, they cut to uh, they cut to his girlfriend Marcy. She's in the uh, yeah the community bathroom, probably the only cabin with plumbing, right? Yeah, she- it's the only it's the only place on the camp that has any sort of yeah actual plumbing. Um, but we, we do forget, though, too, before, well, I guess it's another thing. It's happening simultaneously to where it would be Bill and oh, yeah. Brenda and Alice. and Alice are in another cabin. They don't quite know. They don't know where Jack and Marcy are because they split off from the group. They don't know where Ned is, but they decide that they're going to play Monopoly with a twist. It is strip monopoly yeah instead of paying people money you uh take clothes off yep you land on someone's property instead of paying you pay your rent with your clothing which i've never heard of that before and Mm. and i guess i mean this is a movie that's as old as i am so i'd never heard of that and i don't know that you have either no I mean, it never, sounds interesting, but... <laughs> never partaken in any sort of strip monopoly. The, st- the strategy part of my brain is like, well, what? why buy houses then? Or why buy hotels if they just land on your property and everything's worth a clothes item? Uh, how do you advance? But then I guess the whole point is just for uh, horny counselors to get laid. So... <laughs> They probably weren't weren't worrying about the rules very much. It didn't seem like the rules were very well uh, in for very well followed in yeah. in strip monopoly. But whatever, that's not the point of that. The point is, <laughs> yeah, it's going on simultaneously. <laughs> Marcy is in there trying to wash up after her. Uh, Marcy is in the stall. She's got the the flashlight on her feet, but again, she has no idea of anything going on. She has no idea that Jack was just killed. She hears the door open. She thinks that somebody else might be in there. She gets done with what she was doing. She's washing her hands, whatever. She and she hears somebody over by the shower area. And so she goes to check it out. 
is looking for, you know, thinks that Jack snuck in behind her and is hiding in the shower. And as she's doing that, she gets an axe to the face. And this is one of the really good effects. Like, they they show the axe buried about uh, axe head halfway deep into her skull with some pretty good gore coming out of it. This is yeah. uh, this is one of the better ones they showed in the entire film. And, yeah, she... Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't know if it's the, the just the standard slasher trope where they're like, "Oh, I hear something," and you know, at night, and it's scary. Let's go look for it, or, <laughs> or maybe she—it's reasonable just to assume it's her boyfriend fucking with her, trying to scare her. But uh, either way, she ended up dead with an axe to the skull. Yep. So now you cut back to uh, the strip monopoly game, and Bill is shirtless. And uh, Alice and Brenda are mostly naked. And the power goes out. Yeah, before the game even gets interesting. Yep. No nudity there. Just the power goes out. Yeah, they decide that, you know, they better go uh, look for their friends, make sure everybody's okay. I think Brenda first, she wants to... uh... Well, or they just go to bed. I don't remember. <laughs> I, think, I think Brenda decides that she's calling it a night, and Bill yeah. and Alice are going to go. Try, Bill's going to go try and fix the generator. That's right. And and Alice is just going to hang out in Bill's cabin. I think it's Bill's cabin where they're at, where they're playing strip monopoly or the the community center, whatever. So yeah. Brenda gets to her cabin, changes into her frumpy nightshirt because she's wearing like a like a 60-year-old woman's nightshirt for that. And she hears a child screaming, help me, help me. So, of course, being the stupid, gullible teenager she is, she grabs a flashlight and goes out into the woods and is looking for... Uh, this voice that she has no idea who it is. There shouldn't be anybody at the cabin other than uh, other than the six or seven of them. But we also forget that too. At this point, Steve has gone into town, so he is not in. He's not <laughs> on the campgrounds, yeah, Steve, which Steve is, is so pretty weird. forgettable. He's just alone at a diner in town. When there's a major storm coming through his campground, he's got like six new employees, and he's it's like <laughs> the middle of the night. He's just like, yeah, I'm gonna go to the uh, I'm gonna go to the diner. You guys hold it down here. Well, I think he went to he think he went to town to pick up supplies because he has a trailer behind his jeep. Sure, but anyway, whatever. But yeah, uh, Brenda ends up on the archery range. The lights come on and she gets arrowed. <laughs> <laughs> the lights, the lights flood the archery range. Uh, you all you see is a hand turn on the breaker and all the lights flood because apparently uh, Bill has figured out that the generate he's got the generator running again, and he he get goes back. Um, at one point. Was it was it Brenda that was in the community? Yeah, it was Brenda that was in the community locker room. Yeah, right before this. She went there and, like, brushed her teeth and then 
Yeah. Went and found uh, or went to bed and heard this this help me voice. So did you notice too when uh, she was in there brushing her teeth and they cut to one of the shower scenes? Did you notice the hand reach out and grab the shower curtain? No. <laughs> well, that happened. So uh, I don't know if that was where uh, the body of Marcy was stashed, was in that shower stall or not. But at one point, yeah, there is you 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 see it, and and that's when I thought Brenda was gonna die was right there because you you see like this hand reach out and kind of like grab the shower curtain, and I I know that there's gonna be people that have been like oh I've seen this movie like twenty times and I've never noticed that, but it was definitely on uh, the the cut that I watched on Pluto TV. Uh, of of seeing the actual hand grab the shower curtain when she was in there. So, yeah, she goes out. She gets killed with arrows on the archery range. Bill comes back into the cabin where Alice is waiting. He says he got the generator running again. And she says, oh, well, yeah, I just saw the lights on on the archery range. And Bill's like, what? What do you mean? And looks out there and they're like, oh, well, they're off now. <laughs> And then I believe the power goes out again. Yeah, yep. And then they, uh, Alice and Bill, they go, they go looking for their friends because the power's out again. They don't find their friends, but they, they do find like a bloody axe, like in tucked into beds. a bed. <laughs> they find a bloody axe tucked in a bed, and they're, they're only slightly concerned. They're just like, <laughs> what's, what's going on here? <laughs> Maybe that's a snake blood, snake's blood from earlier when we yeah. chopped the snake in half. If this, you know, if this is a joke, it's not very funny. <laughs> they do decide. They do decide they should go to the office to uh, maybe make a phone call. But uh, they if they break into the own office, their own office, like smash the front door window, which uh, Steve's not going to be happy about. That they break into the office. The phone line has been cut. Uh, I think they try the truck. The truck won't start. So yep. now they're starting to get a uh, a little nervous. Uh, meanwhile, what we mentioned, Steve Steve is making his way back to the campground. He pays his uh, bill at the diner. $2.25. Yeah, whatever he got. Good deal. <laughs> He is. Well, uh, he's the, the the waitress Sandy, I believe it was, who's the, who's the the waitress at at the diner says all that Steve owes her is a good night out on the town, which uh, apparently doesn't interest Steve at all. No, as, as creepy as Steve was earlier, uh, he's not real interested in a night out on the town with Sandy. Yeah, what goes around comes around, Steve. <laughs> you can pay your two your two fifty tab. With some loving for Sandy. <laughs> so he gets he gets his Jeep started. He's pulling pulling back some whatever whatever supplies he has managed to load into his trailer for the work they're gonna do the next day. Well, somewhere along the line, it's been raining enough that his Jeep gets stuck and he can't get it out of there. And so he's parked on the side of the road. The cops show up, and of course it's small town so everybody knows creepy steve and the cop is says he'll give steve a ride back to the camp uh, and then he'll come back with one of his counselors in the morning to pick up his jeep and on the way back to the camp uh the 
police officer gets a call about a car accident when there's people stuck in the car accident, stuck in, in the vehicle yet. I think they said there's three people still stuck in there and they need everybody, all officers yeah. to respond. He says, okay, I can be there. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Pulls over, drops Steve off. Steve takes off running through the woods. Cop takes off to, to the scene of the accident. You don't see any more from the cop at this point. Uh, then you see Steve come up to the camp and uh, right at the front front entrance where he encounters the sign of Camp Crystal Lake. He's walking up to it. A bright light comes on. Steve is like kind of shields his eyes and is like, who's there? And then he says, oh, it's you. What are you doing here? And Steve's dead. He gets stabbed in the throat, heart, whatever. Yeah, Steve another is, one. Off off screen mayhem. They, you just assume he's dead. <laughs> well, you, you see him get killed. Yeah. But, but I like you don't, the, uh, you don't I like see the, what who or what actually killed him. Yeah, I like seeing the method. <laughs> That's what I want. I want to see the method. Yeah, and now it's just just Bill and Alice left. And the killer, whoever that is. And yeah, and they and Bill and Alice get split up. I forget how they get split up. Well, I think you you mentioned before the generator quit working. So uh yeah, Bill, I think this is the point where Bill goes to investigate the generator. Uh, he, it, it's a big honking generator, like again, in a shed or in some separate room. So he goes alone, uh, leaves Brenda staying behind. She's like half asleep on the couch. No, Alice. Brenda, or, uh, Brenda's sorry. dead. Yeah, Alice. As she's half asleep on the couch, eventually wakes up, uh, makes some tea, gets kind of curious. Like, hey, maybe she should go find Bill. He hasn't uh, come back yet from checking on that generator. She checks the generator room. Uh, finds Bill pinned to the door by, like, three arrows. <laughs> yes, off the ground. He is not He's not even touching the ground. Yeah, you can easily open the, and shut the door. Bill's legs won't get in the way. And, and, this, and this is the first time, like, a dead body has been discovered. So uh, now it's on. As you expect, Alice has finally freaked the hell out. Uh, she runs screaming, I think goes and tries to like barricade herself in her cabin. But uh, these are some pretty low quality cabins, like run down. The, the, the doors don't even stay shut half the time. There's no locks. She ties, tries to tie a rope from like the bed knob to uh, roof framing <laughs> or the doorknob <laughs> to, to a roof framing just to keep it shut. Uh doesn't really help because uh, whoever's out there throws I think it's Brenda's dead body through the window <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was I believe it was Brenda's yeah throws a dead body through the window which is uh uh becomes a pretty impressive feat in in a moment when we find out who the killer is because uh once the body comes through the window Alice freaks out now she wants out of the house. <laughs> Tries to get back through her her barricade. Uh, a a vehicle pulls up like in the driveway, so she's thinking, "Oh great, help has arrived." Back. Yeah, Steve's back. Yeah, Steve's back. Uh, she not... runs outside to the to the vehicle. Turns out it's not Steve. 
It's an old lady who identifies herself as Mrs. Voorhees, which that should ring a bell to all but the most oblivious <laughs> of horror fans. Yes, Pamela Voorhees. And, and she's, uh, yeah, she's she's really calm. She's not too concerned at all that uh, Alice says there's been a bunch of murders here and they need to leave. She just says, oh, well, let's go check it out. <laughs> so they go into one of the cabins and Mrs. Voorhees uh, gives Alice a bit of a history lesson. Yep. Which is, again, spoiler alert, although everyone should know this already, turns out, what was her first name? Pamela? Pa- Pamela. Pamela Voorhees' son, Jason, was a camp uh, camp student here in uh, 1957, and he drowned. And he drowned because of those horny camp counselors were fucking instead of watching him because he was not a good swimmer. Yep. she she That's pretty much word for word what she says. <laughs> and so now she's uh, exacting her revenge. And uh, Alice starts to get creeped out as she's talking about, you know, Jason was my son. They should have been watching him. And then, yeah, she pulls a knife on Alice. Alice grabs like a fire poker, I think. And they have a bit of a uh, lame combat. They swing at each other a few times. Alice does club her good once or twice, takes off running for the Jeep. But uh, Annie's dead body is still in the Jeep from like the opening scene. (laughs) (laughs) So Alice just abandons that plan. She runs screaming into the forest. Uh, Mrs. This is this is one of the creepiest parts in my mind, or scariest parts, when Mrs. Uh, Pamela Voorhees is like talking to herself as Jason. <laughs> yes, yeah. Kill them, mommy. Kill them. Yeah. Don't let them live, mommy. I won't, Jason. <laughs> she's, she's almost yeah. I mean, she's basically that's where they got the idea for Gollum talking as both Gollum and Smeagol. Was was this had to have been from this scene? It was good. It was creepy as hell, man. I thought uh, whoever whoever played her did really well because that's that's about as spooky as like an old lady can get, in my opinion. Unless you're super just stoic and don't care about anything, like in uh, the samurai movie. <laughs> and and she's apparently ripped because she threw Brenda's dead body through like the uh, the picture window in the cabin. So she's got some strength to her, does Mrs. Voorhees. Well, and and then had the speed to get back over to the Jeep and drive it in. Yeah, that's right. Within so, 20 seconds or something. <laughs> she's she's like an Olympic athlete. Yeah, she stayed in shape. Revenge or, or, will motivate you, though. Or, or, or this is not really real. <laughs> they stretch stretch your imagination a little bit. I I think I think it's probably the imagination has been stretched. And this this is a, a long climactic battle we end up in because uh it's almost repetitive. Like Alice tries to hide or lock herself in somewhere. Mrs. Voorhees finds her. They have a bit of a conflict. Alice escapes repeat because at some point she ends up in like a shed or a closet or something. Uh Pamela Voorhees gets in there 
they have a slap fight. They have a pretty good slap fight at one point. <laughs> it's just because Pam Voorhees corners her and you think, okay, this must be it. See, there's no way out for her. And Mrs. Voorhees just does like two or three just good cheek slaps to the face. <laughs> and, then, and then, which allows uh, Alice to escape. Uh, she runs into, uh, I think, the kitchen closet at some point. She hides in there. Uh, again, trying to be quiet. At some point, Pam Voorhees hears her in there. Uh, comes at her with like a knife or a machete. Alice has found a frying pan. So they have a frying pan fight now. Alice does, get, again, gets a good blow. Appears to knock Mrs. Voorhees unconscious with a frying pan. Uh, which... Again, I know this is a classic uh, horror trope, like tie her up or something, or finish the job. But yeah, no. as, <laughs> as Jesse like, well, Eisenberg said, the double tap. Yeah, like well, she's down. I'll just uh, well, and this this is one of the weird decisions too, right? Like a crazy old woman has murdered all your friends. You've uh, knocked her unconscious with a frying pan. What do you do at this point? Make some just, tea. Yeah. Just go down to the lake. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go relax by the lake. I gotta relieve some stress. So she goes and just sits by the canoe, sitting by the dock of the bay. <laughs> and of course, as no one is surprised, uh, Mrs. Voorhees not quite dead yet. Her uh, shadow starts to loom over Alice as she's sitting by the lake. Luckily, Alice notices. Now they have a. Uh, machete fight versus I think Alex wields a canoe paddle <laughs> <laughs> canoe paddle versus machete it's a uh, this is the best fight the three of uh, like the two of them have had in their three consecutive fights uh at some point like Mrs. Voorhees chops the canoe paddle in half of course Alice does get a hold of the machete and uh Hulk rage takes over, adrenaline, one just good chop, and uh, decapitates Pam Voorhees. And that one looked decent, too. It was uh, probably not, but that was some good special effects. And they were, were, were they in the water at this point? Is they were I'm... on shore going back and forth, but. Okay, because I know at one point she ends up in the water. Yeah. And and Jason tries to pull her under, supposedly. This is the iconic scene after uh, after the decapitation of Pam Voorhees. Again, what do you do? Your friends are dead. You decapitated the murder. Uh, you get in a canoe, <laughs> and then you go sleep it off in the middle of the lake. <laughs> so she pushes it out there. It's nighttime. Goes to bed. They cut to the next morning. Uh, this is about the only scene I remember from the entire film. But yeah, she wakes up, feels she's finally safe. But then the like uh, undead corpse of Jason Voorhees emerges from the lake, grabs her, pulls her under. Uh, luckily, turns out it's just a dream. She wakes up in the hospital. The cops are there trying to get some information about what happened. And she's uh, a little delirious. She's just like, oh. Did you find the boy? Jason. Yeah. She asks about all of her friends and, and she asks if everybody else is dead. And they say yes. 
And then she asked, yeah, did you find the little, did you find the boy? Did you find Jason? And they're like, there was nobody there. And she's like, or she, she asked, did you find the boy? And she's like, no. Well, he's the one who attacked me in the water. And and they're like, well, what, what do you, you know, what little boy are you talking about? She says, Jason, Jason Voorhees. And then the cop gets this like ghostish look on his face and says, Jason Voorhees drowned in 1957. <laughs> roll credits yep roll credits <laughs> roll that's, credits yeah that's that's the end of the movie there um yeah i i mean this was the first time i've seen this movie but i also i have seen parts of it before first time i've ever watched it beginning to end kind of it's been so long i forgot everything uh because uh <laughs> As I type to you in in the uh, in the Skype message here, I'm pretty sure. Well, I I'm not pretty sure. I know I fell asleep for at least like ten minutes of of the movie. <laughs> at, at the at the conclusion of the movie, um, it, I when you had your you had your uh, Pamela Voorhees versus Alice fight. Uh, it was a the, long sequence. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep during that part because I woke up when she was in the hospital. <laughs> so I dozed <laughs> off for about a good oh, 10 sure. minutes there. Sure, no problem. Like I said, it was a, it was a real repetitive sequence. Like I said, like th- I think three times Alice tried to hide, would be quiet, trying to be hidden somewhere. Pam Voorhees would find her. They'd fight. Alice would escape, repeat, which is, uh, I don't know. And it, it was, it was an interesting climax that had a bunch of highs and lows and lulls in the climax, but, uh, we need an hour and a half movie. Let's make this last, last couple of scenes, (laughs) 10 minutes longer. Oddly, it did make me want to like go to camp. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever go to camp? Uh, nothing like that. No. I, I went to a couple of day camps uh, in the good old town of Mora there, but uh, like an overnight camp or anything like that? No, I never did. I never did either, and it made me feel like I was missing out. Like, it it kind of looked like fun. Other than the stupid Bible camp, which I wanted really no part to deal with anyway, I don't think there really was one around our area. That's probably the reason, because... I, I do remember a bunch of like high school classmates getting excited. Like, it, you know, we're, we're going to camp this summer and I, I just never went to camp, but uh, my parents probably would not have sent me to a Bible camp. Mine cause, either. Cause they're Satanists. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, any thoughts going back to Friday the 13th part one? Um, I mean, Again, it's the iconic, uh, or I guess I shouldn't even say it. it's it's a start to an iconic series, and it it is one of the most well known, um, you know, slasher series there is. I kind of wonder if they had, um, I, I I would guess I would wonder if they had plans for even a sequel. Right. Involving, um, you know, 
like where they actually did bring Jason Voorhees out, if if that was planned or if it was because of the success of the movie or, you know, or what. But I mean, I know his they were saying that I saw it on, on Twitter yesterday that that Jason Voorhees birthday was Friday the 13th, June, June 13th. Uh, so <laughs> like it was actually would have been his what? 81st birth no seven, <laughs> 71st birthday. birthday happy birthday jason would have would have been would have been yesterday we got you a new machete i thought it uh it it was both better and worse than i expected like for some reason i just expected the the i guess camera quality to be shitty as hell i don't know why I guess I thought it came out sooner, maybe, or it was just like a really low budget thing. But like, I like the camera work. I like the characters, kind of. Uh, the only thing that uh, kept bugging me was all the off-screen deaths. Or yeah, or like I don't know if they're just trying to save on gore, if, if that's a lot of work. <laughs> well, I, I think the main thing was to essentially to keep the killer a mystery. Sure. Um, and, and that's why you never saw the actual killer, you know, cause going forward, you're gonna, you you will see the killer for, I would say probably, I would say 95% of the deaths going forward, we will know, you know, you will see the killer do the act where this one, it was meant to be a mystery. And, and that's why I mean, like. Yes, they had Jason's mom doing the killing for the Friday the third, you know, for for this original Friday the Thirteenth movie. But did they have when when they wrote this movie? Did they have plans for the sequel to turn Jason Voorhees into the iconic character that he was, or did this you know breed the success that uh, that that they basically felt they had to go back and do sequels? Right. We could, our resident expert probably knows the answer to that. I would, I would guess they didn't plan it because horror movies seem so hit or miss. <laughs> it probably just became, it, you know, did really well, and then like, all right, let's keep going with this this series. Well, and the, and the, and that's the whole thing too, you know, like John Carpenter's Halloween was meant to be, you know, like released around Halloween every time, but Halloween three. Is season of the witch has nothing to do with Michael Myers because it was originally planned from what I have heard is that it was originally planned to be like a different story every year. But the first one did so well that they couldn't help, but go back and do, you know, Halloween two with Michael Myers. And then three, they kind of decided they were going to branch off a little bit and, and do something completely different. And then that bombed. So of course they went back to, Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mess with the formula. So, and, and yeah, so that was my thought. My favorite, uh, my favorite death in that was actually Kevin Bacon's. That was a good one. Because uh, like I said, I mean, like, it was just so quick, like that hand coming up from under the bed and then the arrow going through his throat. And it was, it was really, it was really well done. And like I said, that was the only time that I actually like had any sort of jump scare during that movie. Sure. Was that hand coming out from underneath the bed? Yeah, that was a good one. I'll go with uh, Marcy getting the axe to the head. I just yeah, like that... the way it looked. I like the good effects in her uh, 
her skull wound. Yeah. I I won't, I won't I can't disagree with that. The the I, most of the characters I would say were forgettable. I'd I'd probably go with the Pam Pamela Voorhees is my favorite. She <laughs> I liked when she was talking to herself as Jason. I thought that was creepy as hell. The re- the rest of them were just fodder to get stabbed. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I would say my favorite character was probably Creepy Steve, just because he was just the creepy guy. <laughs> I I would have liked him. They should have play, played on that angle, man. Had him been like a, a camp counselor pervert. <laughs> then you kind of root for his death. <laughs> then everybody gets a little happy when he's stabbed. You could get stabbed in a, a sexual way. See how he I likes mean, it. <laughs> I, I, I was pretty happy. I did think he was creepy, and I was happy when he did die anyway, but that was probably my favorite character. Yeah. Yeah, they... uh yeah, I just like if they had fleshed out his creepiness, added even more creepiness to creepy Steve. <laughs> He's the creepy onion, so you'd have layers. Yeah, creepy old camp counselor pervert. Like that's why he bought the camp <laughs> <laughs> to be around young women all day. Out oh, of well. state young women. Yeah, who live there and have nowhere to go. So that will wrap up our (laughs) breakdown of Creepy Steve and Friday the 13th. We are going to continue, I believe, on with Friday the 13th Part 2. Yeah, we're going to go in order from this point on. Yeah, we will. Do do you think, do you want to re-review 5? Or can we skip uh, it? Yeah, we can skip skip 5. We did that one well enough. I pulled pulled up Part 2. Um, Alice is back. I okay. kind of like that. I like it when uh, they keep the survivors around. Alice is back, and uh, Mrs. Voorhees. I I don't know if she's Probably back in flash- any meaning. Yeah, Probably yeah. Flashbacks. Right. Everybody else looks new to me. Going from one to two, but. Uh, yeah. Oh no, Crazy Ralph. Crazy Ralph is back. All right. <laughs> right. Maybe someone will listen to him this time. I don't want to uh, dive too much into speculation because uh, these uh, these I'm kind of kind of want to be surprised as I watch them, but yeah. Uh, well, I, I I do have it pulled up here too on Rotten Tomatoes, and it got a sixty three percent critic score, but only a sixty percent audience score. I mean, that's that's on the higher end for horror movies. <laughs> yeah, it, well, and, and this seven is, is like perfect for a horror movie, <laughs> and, and and this is kind of an iconic, uh, you know, yeah, uh, iconic it, series. It ain't Bigfoot's Bride. Oh, no. I would be surprised if that got a five. <laughs> Although I was thinking what we could review, and we've got time, but before before Crypticon, if we end up going, the guy I've been emailing about going to Crypticon does, like, like makes his own movies. <laughs> All right. Makes his own horror movies. I don't know what quality they are, because I've never heard of any of them, but... Uh, one of those might be worth a watch too. 
If we can find one, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's not Lamageddon or any of that, I, I will. Uh, I mean, I've already seen Lamageddon too many times. Yeah, as long as it doesn't look like it was shot on like your smartphone, I can handle it. So yeah, I, I would I would definitely get, do that, and yeah, as long as they have better special effects than Bigfoot's Bride. Oh yeah, like the PC paint blood <laughs> coming, yeah, squirting out of things. Yeah, Microsoft Paint. Uh, so yeah, we will be uh, reviewing Friday the Thirteenth Part Two for next week. Um, you just gave away a little bit of a spoiler about Crypticon. Yeah. Uh, well, uh... So, I mean, <laughs> right now the plan is to at least attend for one day, but. That may be, uh, I guess, uh, the the minimum of going on. So, uh, what what do you have potentially in the works for that? Uh, it's uh, it's yeah, it's still in the works. I may be performing stand up comedy at Crypticon. I've been uh, in talks with someone who uh, handles events there, and he thus far he seems interested. We have yet to bring pen and paper into this and ink any sort of deal. But uh, keep your fingers crossed. Hopefully I will be at Crypticon performing for a uh, at least a day or two. I'm told he has four to six open spots over two days. I don't know how he wants them filled, but uh, it would be a blast to uh, do at least one of those myself. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, yeah, the plan is to... My plan right now is to at least go for a day. Yeah. And and depend depending on I guess which day, whatever whatever happens, um, definitely want want to head out for a day. We might have to support one of our friends out there as well, who might be doing a vendor booth selling his masks out there. Um, we'll definitely support him if if he's if he's there. And uh, potentially, yeah, yeah maybe... that that would be a fun <laughs> cross section of uh, of our hobbies, essentially, because uh, you and I do this horror podcast. He does uh, masks. Uh, I do comedy outside of this. So to get all three at the same event <laughs> would be perfect. <laughs> Line up that Venn diagram. Right, right. That's a tough one to get most days. <laughs> Yeah, and and who knows? There might even be live podcast from Crypticon, or yeah, even 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 if we just did a just did a vlog that we ended up putting up as a podcast for for Crypticon, um, just you know, just for fun, you, that you can shoot on your smartphone. Yep, and you know, edit it together and talk about the the weekend or the day that you were there. That is certainly a, a high potential for that. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Well, how about anything else going on in life? Uh, nothing really going on in life right now. Um, just waiting for this box of magical rectangular cardboard that I ordered to get here. Uh, supposed to be here sometime between 5 and 10 p.m. for the new 
Magic the Gathering, um, Baldur's Gate Commander Legends set. So we'll see how quickly that gets here. See if there's any updates on that order from good old Jeffrey Bezos. Hell yeah. Well, it still says just arriving between 5 and 10 packages out for delivery. That's be uh, that'd be fun, man. I haven't uh, <laughs> I haven't gotten back into pack buying because it's uh, it fuels gambling addiction. <laughs> <laughs> but I do miss it. Like every time a new set comes out, I'm like, I should buy some packs, and then I talk myself out of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was kind of an impulse buy. I saw I looked this morning and saw that. The price, the price is good right now for the box since it was just released. Uh, the The supply is pretty high, and if I ordered it this morning, I could have it delivered this after, you know, this afternoon, this evening, whatever. So I decided to buy one. Sure, sounds fun. And yes, it does kind of it, it it is essentially a gamble, but it's it's. It's really not because, I mean, you're getting something for what you have purchased and they have tangible use for the the game that we get together and play like once every three or four months. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, it, it is, you know, because not every pack you're going to get essentially a card that's going to be worth the same amount of money you paid for the pack, but you're still getting something. <laughs> yeah, I love the joy when you pull when you pull something sweet. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I haven't been too, doing too much up here. We did go see uh, the new Jurassic Park. That was about what you would expect did you i i have not gotten to see that yet um i don't know when i'm gonna get to see it i mean i guess the theater i got special deal from t-mobile as two for one tickets for today but it doesn't matter because i don't have anybody that i would be going with um but over the next couple of weeks i will definitely get to see it but i know uh the next three weekends, I'm going to be pretty busy um, just because the flashback cinema by my house is showing uh, the theater by my house takes part in flashback cinema. And they're going to be showing the original three Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. Over the next three weeks. So uh, that, that's those are definitely must see movies in the theater. Oh, yeah. I'd hit I'd, those for sure. I did. I did also last week. Um, I don't know if I told. I don't know if I mentioned it last week on the podcast or not. But I did go see Top Gun Maverick. How was that? It actually is really good. I keep hearing good things. Yeah, it, it is. It is really good, and um, I would definitely recommend going to see it. I, I do want to go see the Jurassic Park movie. I wish it would not have come out right when these three Indiana Jones movies are going to be played. Sure. It's, uh, you can wait. It's, it's not fantastic. It's not terrible. Spoiler alert, the dinosaurs get out <laughs> <laughs> and run amok. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I I do believe it's a movie that I need to see in the theater, though. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's got the big, uh, the epic action sequences and stuff. So theater's and, nice. And, and and I mean, it's not like I have far to go to get to the theater either. It's less than two miles from my house. So <laughs> it's it's more just a matter of picking out a day that I want to actually go to it. Sure. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Besides that, yeah, I think uh, that's probably about all we got for this week. Yeah, that's so. all I've got that's new. <laughs> Jurassic Park and upcoming comedy events. <laughs> oh, we got. I guess. I guess we do have one of our friends coming into town. I I believe he's still coming into town. I haven't talked to him for a little bit. Uh, supposed to be coming in. Not. Uh, in about two weeks, so I guess I should probably message him to see and try to put more stuff together for see if we can all get together to play cards when he's in town. Yeah, that's coming up quick. We should. Uh, <laughs> we're all procrastinators on this sort of thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I I sent out an initial group message that nobody's responded to, so you've done your part. I, I figure I figure I can send out another. I can I'll verify with him that he's still coming. Sure. Because when the initial message of him coming to town came out, it wasn't five dollar a gallon gas, and I'm assuming that he's going to be driving up. Right. D-Lo. It's a nine hour drive for him to get up this way, so. It might actually be cheaper to fly, but you never know. Starting to get that way. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's that's really what we've got. So uh, I guess we'll call it here for the, for the week. And uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, hopefully with uh, an actual intro. <laughs> I'm going to try to put that together as well over this next week. Uh, so guess we'll see if I get that done, because uh, since I have Monday off from work. So this is uh, Scott the Beauty signing off from the Beauty and the Geest, Beauty and the Geest podcast, where we watch bad movies so you don't have to.